Hey, let me ask you a question today. Have you ever prayed for something and um, it seems like God is not listening or has chosen not to answer? You ever felt that way? All 12 of you. All right, let me, how about this section? You guys ever felt that way? Yes, absolutely. What about you guys over here? Yes, you felt that way before? All right, center, you ever felt that way before? All right, okay. come on, it's okay. You can, you can be real in church today. Yeah, we've all felt those moments, right? And you, you may not feel them necessarily in church per se, but when you lay your head at night, come on, we've had those moments. God, where are you? God, are you listening? And we're walking through challenges really needing and asking God to, to change in our lives. And in fact, I got a couple challenges that I've always prayed for since I was nine years old. One of my prayers is that the Orlando Magic would win an NBA title. And that still hasn't come. Seems impossible. So I just need to receive from my own message today that there is hope for the challenges. Come on, Magic, you can do it. I believe in you. Um, here's an answered prayer of mine. I prayed day and night for you is that White Castle would come to Central Florida. You're welcome. And, uh, oh, you clap at that. Oh, okay, I can't. I see how you are. All right. It's going to be like that, huh? I see. And, uh, and actually, uh, I'll be honest with you, I've never even prayed for this. But we just live in such favor in Central Florida, it's crazy. God just graces us with calories. It's just... So White Castle, maybe uh, any students in the room, this week, I believe, in the next two weeks... You are experiencing finals if you're in college and even high school students and middle school students, you're ending a semester right now. And so you might be praying this prayer. Oh God, help me pass this test, right? I need to get through this class right now, right? It's a real prayer that you're, you're praying for God to do. And uh, maybe others, maybe there's some more serious ones. You're, you're asking God for a healing in your body and it seems like he's not listening. Maybe some in this room, you're asking for a baby, and it seems like God's been silent to you. Maybe, maybe there are some in this room, you're asking that God would, would turn the hearts of a loved one towards him. And maybe, maybe there's some relationships that, that aren't quite where they want to be, and it's been a prayer for you. And honestly, if you're honest, you just, God seems to be silent. Can I speak to anybody today? Am, am I in the right room? Um, I think this is especially important in, in a season like we're entering into because Christmas is just, it's just emotional, right? There's just, there's a lot of emotion that's attached to it. There's nostalgia. There's lots of things that are going on and it's a great time of highs, but it's also a great time of, of lows, right? And, and on one side, if we really, I think biblically lean into the storyline of the narrative of the gospel, it should bring us to a place of great gratitude, of worship, of, to, a, to a God that's decided to not leave us in our sin, but send his precious son, Jesus. And then it should lead us to a gratitude that God's given us another. I mean, it should lead us to a place where we thank God for what we have. But the truth is that many Christmases, we can lean the other way. And it's a reminder of what we don't have. And here's another Christmas. And that relationship still hasn't been restored. And that healing still hasn't come. Can I speak to anybody today? I don't expect you to shout me down today. I don't really care about that because I feel like God's going to do a work in your heart today. And so I don't need a shout today because I'm on assignment this morning. But can I, can I even take this a little bit further? Have you ever prayed a prayer? And honestly, it's been five, maybe even a 10 years. 
and still nothing's happened. And waiting, waiting for that, for that marriage to come. Oh God, would you give me him or her? And there's a real, then another, another Thanksgiving and somebody else is now married and you're walking through that, through that challenge, right? Can I even speak to other people in the room? Have you prayed for things? And it's not only been just a few years, but a few decades. And to be honest with you, you've given up on that prayer, on that dream, on the restoration of that relationship, on that challenge. This is where we are in Luke chapter one, verse five. If we could go there together, Luke is recording, he's a medical doctor. He's articulate, he's concise. What's interesting is that literally Luke is one of the four gospels, gospels meaning good news of Jesus. So the story is about Jesus, yet it doesn't start with Jesus. We gotta lean into that as a community and just ask why. Why would Luke not start if the whole gospel is about Jesus? Why is he starting somewhere else? Maybe there's something that we can lean into and learn as a community together. And so he starts with this opening up of a couple of a man named Zachariah and his wife named Elizabeth. And we know a few things about them, scripture reports. We know that they're righteous people. We know that they're, um, they're of an older, older age. And we also know that they're barren. They have no kids. In other words, at some point they prayed for a child and years went by. Decades probably went by. And at some point they looked at each other and said, we physically can't do this anymore. They've given up on that prayer. You ever felt that way? Can I speak to you today? And so here we are. Luke opens up with this barrenness and, and this impossibility. And this sets the scene for what's going to take place in the future readings of Luke. And so here we are in verse 5 and it says this. It says, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the commandments and regulations. They're good people. I mean, they're doing the best they can. They're, there's no sin issue necessarily going on of why they do or don't have kids. The Bible just simply records they were pretty good people. Verse seven says they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very, very old. I want to offer you three reasons why you can have hope for your challenges this holiday season. And we're finding it right here. In fact, I want to bring you to the very first reason that you can have hope. And it's this, is that God is moving even if we can't see it. And if you're filling anything out there, you can write in that word, see. Let me say it one more time. God is moving even if we can't see it. What's interesting is that the last words recorded by Malachi and the first words recorded in the Gospels is roughly about 400 years of silence. 400 years of barrenness. 400 years of, of, a, of unfruitfulness as it seems. Yet while God seemed to be silent, he was still active. 
And even in this story, we pick up with a couple that has unmet expectations. They have dreams that have not actually taken place. They have prayers that not only have, have messed them, have, have maybe hurt them, that they've had to walk through emotionally, but they've given up on. And yet, even in the midst of all of that, God is still moving. And I just want to speak into your heart, into your marriage, into your life today, that God is still moving. And even if you can't see it, that doesn't mean he's not still moving. In fact, if you're newer to the faith, can I challenge you and can I just speak to you in your challenges? Don't give up. And if you're here today and you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, you know what I'm talking about. Can anybody attest and help the new followers of Jesus in the room know that God is faithful, that he is working even when we can't see it? Don't give up on that marriage. Don't give up on that challenge. Don't give up on that son. Don't think that God isn't doing anything. And we just have to ask the question, will we believe even if we can't see it happening? And it's, I don't know about you guys, but for me, typically it looks like this. My miracle typically looks like this. Silence, 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 more silence, silence, suddenly. Right? Have you not, have you, can you relate with that? Silence, stay faithful. Silence, stay faithful. Silence, don't give up. Silence, we're going to keep pursuing. Silence, even if I can't see it, all of a sudden there is a suddenly in your life and you can't move fast enough, can you? Come on, don't give up. There's hope for you. And the first reason is that because God is moving, even if you can't see it. You're about to gather around loved ones in the next few weeks, and you just did this last week. And maybe you don't see as you sit at that table that God's up to anything, but can I tell you, he is up to something. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Let's go, let's go to verse eight. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. Can I just stop for a second and unpack this story a little bit? So these, so Zechariah is a priest. There's a, roughly 20,000 priests in this time. And so they would take turns on who would end up doing the morning burning of the incense, was, which was a prayer offered to God. And so they would cast lots and the lot happened to fall on Zechariah. And not only, there are many, there are multiple duties that are able to be done. He, in this story, he's doing the most prestigious one. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime moment for him. I mean, he's rehearsing, you know, he's talking to other people like, hey, what did you pray? And how did you pray it? And what was it like? And what, and, and, and so here's, here's what it looks like. He goes in, into the tent and everybody on the outside of the community is standing in silence and they're, they're waiting on the prayers to be offered. And so he has this incense and it's being burnt and it's a, an aroma. The symbolism is that it's an aroma offered to God on behalf of the people. So the priest would take the prayers of the people and would offer it to the Lord. And so here's the, here's the scenario. So he's inside of this tent and he's praying these prayers which is just really cool. All right, verse 10. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying, just as I talked about. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right of the incense altar. Now, I gotta be honest with you. 
when I first read this story, I, I kind of disconnected. I removed myself from getting anything out of this passage because the truth is I, I didn't see an angel this week. The only angel I've seen this week is my wife. And she's actually in the front row here, distracting me with her beauty. Yeah. Hey, the first two services, I actually talked about her when she wasn't there, which I think is like major husband points, right? But then if you give them to yourself, that disqualifies you. So I, I haven't gotten anything. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. So an angel shows up, not just my wife, an actual angel. Imagine if an angel showed up to you today. You'd be probably pretty scared, right? And so our natural thought is, okay, I didn't have an angel show up this week, and so I can't get anything out of the story. All right, but if we, if we understand the Greek word of angel, maybe God can speak to us, and I think he can. And that Greek word is angelos, which actually is translated as messenger. So maybe you haven't seen an angel literally today, but the truth is all of us have experienced messages from God. God is speaking to you. He's speaking to you right now through me. He's speaking to you in your word as you study it. He's speaking to you in spiritual conversations that you have. Do you know he's speaking to you through your challenges? I believe he's speaking to you as you get in small groups together. I believe God is speaking to us on a sunset. I believe God speaks to us on a sunrise. I think, I think, I think God is communicating often, and many times we just aren't listening. But God is speaking, and so we should take a moment and reflect and just say, how well are we receiving the message? What are we going to do when we receive the message? And look what he does when he sees this angel in verse 12. It says, Zechariah was shaken. He was overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Do you not? I would have been too. Right? I would have hoped I had a diaper on at that point because I, whoo, that's scary. Verse 13, the, the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. And the very first thing he says is, God has heard your what? Wow. So, I think we're all asking probably the same question here that Zachariah is asking. Which prayer? Which one? I mean, he literally at this point is praying for the community of people. And while he's praying is when, when the angel comes in and, 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 and spooks him. You know? So he's got to ask the question, what, what, what prayer are you talking about? Look at what he says. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son. Oh, that prayer. But don't you know that I haven't prayed that prayer in a long time? But you know what? Even long ago, God heard your prayer. You know, our prayers don't go void after so many years. They don't have an expiration date. Our prayers are seeds that we're just sowing into our kids, into our community, into our relationships. And we never know how they're going to grow, do we? Which brings me to the second reason why you can have hope and your challenge today is this. God hears your every prayer. In fact, if you are writing down notes and filling in the blank here, I wanted you to write the word every because I think that's the part we have to wrestle with because we naturally think he hears some prayers. Only when we're doing the right things does he hear our prayers. Or only when we're doing this. Or only when we're inside of the church. Or only when we're inside of a spiritual moment can he hear the prayers. But can I tell you, God hears every single prayer you pray. The big prayers, the little prayers. The loud prayers, the soft prayers. The prayers in the shower, the prayers at the altar, the prayers in the car. 
as you're driving on I-4 for your life. Come on, he hears your prayers. Let's be people of prayer. I pray that, that this encourages you not to shy away from prayer and challenges, but to lean into prayer and challenges. We need to be more people of prayer. In fact, in 2020, we're going to do seven days of prayer and fasting. And this place should be full of you. Not just our leaders, not just our pastors, not just our dream teamers or our worship team, but every person in here, you are a prayer person. Whether you know it or not, I'll just speak it over your life right now. Maybe you've never prayed a, prayed a prayer in your life. You are a praying person. And God has called you to pray. pray. And I believe there are prayers that God is going to work through your life that are unique to you. We need you. We need your prayers. And so in 2020, mark your calendar. Make sure that you're a part of it. A part of seven days of prayer and fasting right at the beginning of the year. Lean into it. Change your schedule around. But I love the idea that God is hearing our prayers. Let's go to verse 14. You will have great joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at John's birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born, even before his birth. I, two years ago, in fact, you, it's archived on our YouTube uh, channel, but I did a message on just these verses of John. And if this interests you at all, I would encourage you to listen to that 30-minute talk on how, we can, how, how this relates to your life, because I do not have time in this story to unpack all of this stuff. And this is rich, full of some amazing stuff. Verse 16, and he will turn away many Israelites to the Lord their God. Or turn, yeah, many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. And that's just powerful in itself. Elijah set up Elisha. And so they work together to, to accomplish the activity of God. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And Zechariah said to the angel, probably what we would say, Say what? <laughs> Are you serious? Do you not know how old I am? It's interesting that as the angel brought good news, Zachariah's first response was to look at his circumstances and then to God's ability. Might we be able to look at God's ability and then to our circumstances? And so he says, how can I be sure that this is going to happen? And he's a very, very smart husband. You can tell he's been married for a long time. Because look what he says. He says, I'm an old man and my wife is old. No, she's not old. She's <laughs> well among years. Let's just say it like that, okay? Because if you're not married yet, man, we just, we don't say that, right? We don't ask ages and we never say women are old. Uh, this might be a good, good dating advice here. They're just, they're well among in years. And I love what the angel Gabriel said. You know, he, did, he didn't start arguing with him. Hey, Zachariah, come on, buddy. You got 10 more years. You know, I saw you. You know, no, you can do it. You, you're able. You know, he didn't even acknowledge that he was able because the truth was they were too old. They weren't able. That's the point. Might that be the point with what God's doing in our lives? Many times we're not able. We're not good enough. You're not smart enough or, or, or whatever, charismatic enough. But that seems to be how God works, doesn't he? He takes people that aren't good enough. And it's like, man, he, he elevates them to levels. And I love what he responds with. He just says, I 
am Gabriel. And he says, I stand in the very presence of God. And maybe here in the midst of your challenge, (laughs) you go, God, I'm not able to fix this. And the truth is you're not. But guess what? You're in the presence of the Lord. We're in the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but we need more of the presence of the Lord. That's why Sundays are so important, aren't they? We just got to get back into his presence. Just enter. There's something about where two or more are gathered. There he is. There's just something powerful about a community gathering together on a Sunday morning to lift up his name and encounter his presence. And it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. Wow. Look at verse 20. It says, but now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be what? Silent. He shut his mouth at that moment. You'll be unable to speak until the child is born. You know, the reason why he was silent is because he did not believe the word of the Lord. He did not believe the message that was being sent to him. And you know what happened? He got a timeout. He went in the corner. Anybody got any kids? Anybody ever done a timeout? Have you ever had God put you in a timeout? Come on. Here's, here's, here's another uh, reason for hope. And it's in your notes. Your third point here is this. God's discipline does not equal disqualification. God's discipline does not equal disqualification. Now listen to me. I want to teach you something. As a spiritual person, we are quick to believe the lies of the enemy. We just are. And hopefully spiritual maturity will bring us to a place where we can counteract those, we'll we'll recognize those lies earlier and we will counteract them with the word of God and what God really has to say. Because here's what happens. All of us have experienced timeouts. All of us have doubted. Am I right? All of us that have moments of, of, of lack, we, we've all had moments where we messed up. We've all fallen short. And for whatever reason, I gotta tell you as a pastor, I just wanna speak to you today. But just because God is disciplining you doesn't mean you're still not a child of God. Just because you're in a timeout doesn't mean you're not his son. Just because he's, he's, doing, he's working on your life doesn't mean you're not his daughter. And don't believe the lie of the enemy saying that you're, you're not good enough. You can't believe that. You can't pray that. You can't lead that. Last time I checked, his, literally his salvation covers our past sin, our present sin, and our future sin. And I, I just, I remind people all the time, and I want to remind you today, when somebody makes a mistake, I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm not saying we don't deal with it. I'm not saying we don't learn from it. But at the end of the day, that is not where we find our identity. And man, if you if you failed your marriage and you've cheated or you've messed up, can I tell you, that is not who you are. And maybe what you did, and it may have hurt relationships, and you're gonna have to deal with that, and God's gonna speak to you, and God God is a redeemer, he's a restorer, he's a reconciler. Listen, and you might have some challenges, but you are not disqualified. This place will be full of thousands of people if they would get this one principle. Because man, they, they, they were going after God and they had one hiccup, And immediately they just thought, man, God's done with me. I can't do it. I can't be there. I can't make it. And I just want to tell you, there's hope. 
There's hope, man, and you are not disqualified today. Zechariah had a timeout, but he was still involved in this miracle. And look at the rest of verse 20. It says, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. God's will was still being accomplished, even though Zechariah made a boo-boo. Even though Zechariah, you know, the world's bigger than you. God's bigger than you. And I don't mean that, 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 that sometimes grace can be greased to slide into sin. That's not what I'm talking about. We run from sin and we run towards Jesus. But at the end of the day, we are going to make mistakes. And aren't you, aren't you thankful that God is bigger than your mistakes? Aren't you thankful that God is beyond our mistakes today? And do you know that if there was no Zachariah and Elizabeth, there would be no John the Baptist? And if there was no John the Baptist, come on, there'd be no heralding announcement of the coming Messiah in Jesus. And if there was no John the Baptist with that heralding announcement, there would have been prophecies in the Old Testament that would have been unfulfilled, which means that Jesus would have not fulfilled all things. And if Jesus did not fulfill all things, then he would not be the Savior and Messiah that we know him to be. And so Zechariah had no idea what was happening. Because you know what? God didn't just hear, hear his prayer for a, for a personal son. He was hearing the prayer of the Israelites for a savior. So God was working through Zachariah's doubt. He was working through his prayer. He was working through his pain. He was working through what seemed to be God's silence. And he was ushering the very savior that would come to the world. What might God do with you? What might God do with us? in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our process, in the midst of our problems. So as I conclude today, I just want to remind us the three reasons why you can have hope found here in Luke chapter one. This is your last chance to write down all the notes. Reason number one is this, is God is moving even if we can't see it. There is hope because second reason is God hears your every prayer, even past prayers. There's no expiration date. And reason number three is that God's discipline does not equal disqualification. Can I give you one more nugget today before we leave and stand together in worship? Oh man, I love this because you know what? The story goes on and Zachariah, he may have had a timeout, but he wasn't disqualified. And do you know that his mouth eventually opened up? You know that, right? Seems like we can't leave the story with him silent. So so can I I show you what what happened in in verse 57? says, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to that son. That's John. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. And when the baby was eight days old, they all came from the circumcision, uh, for the circumcision ceremony. And they wanted to name him Zachariah because that's what his dad's name was. That's what you do. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? They explained. There is no one in your family by that name. And so they used gestures to ask the baby's father. They said, you know what? Let Zachariah settle this. What he wanted to name him, go to verse 63. He mentioned, he motioned for a writing tablet. 
And to everyone's surprise, get this, Zachariah got a redo, everybody. He got another chance to get it right this time. Last time, he doubted. Last time, he didn't believe, but he wasn't disqualified. Can I preach to you today? Come on, there's moments where you didn't believe and you may have been disqualified. You may have walked into here with some unbelief, but can I tell you, you are not disqualified. And I believe that God, we can't guarantee that God gives us a redo because we are not deserving of one, but when he does, man, let's get it right. And look at what he says. Instantly, Zechariah, he wrote on there, he said, his name is John. And instantly, Zechariah could speak again. And what's the first thing he did? Did he doubt? Did he, un- did he un- not believe? He began to praise God. Here's the principle. Here's the final thing in your notes. If you're taking down notes, is this. Doubt and unbelief closed his mouth, but faith and praise opened his mouth. Let me say that one more time. Doubt and unbelief, they closed his mouth, but faith and praise opened his mouth. Have you ever doubted? I feel like God maybe just brought me here to tell you this. Let's let the doubters sing. (laughs) Let the doubters sing. And maybe you're here today and honestly, you've walked through some challenge. I just felt like God brought me here to say, stand up and sing. Like maybe you've walked through, honestly, I don't know who this is for, but maybe you've walked through a marriage that that hasn't quite worked out. Would you stand up and sing? And you know what? What I love about Zachariah is is that he worshiped God after the victory. But here's my challenge to you. Will you worship God before the victory? even before it even changes? Will you worship God even before the thing turns around? And maybe you're here today, if I could preach to you, to say, you know what, man, man, you know, the, the bills aren't being paid. And maybe in the midst, even though you don't know how it's all gonna work, would you stand up and sing? Let the doubters sing. Maybe you're here today and you know what? There's some challenges. There's some unanswered prayers that have, it's been five years. It's been 10 years, but you know what? Can we get up and sing? Maybe there's people in this room. There's some relationships that you never thought could happen. Would you still get up and sing even if it wouldn't work out? Maybe there's a, there, there's some, there's some dreams that have been broken in your life that haven't worked out. Would you still get up and sing? Let the doubters sing. So how about we do that together? Would you stand to your feet all across this place? And in the midst of our challenge, in the midst of our doubts even, let's turn them to faith. Let's turn them to praise because God is with us, because God is coming on the scene, because God is with you today. Come on, let's sing with the band today as we declare it.
I believe everybody in here, there's a next step that God wants you to take in your walk with God. And I just wanted just to throw just a few right up here on the screen. The first one is this, is that maybe you're here and honestly, you don't have a relationship with God and you can know God. We got it up on the other screen there. And maybe you're here, honestly, and you don't have a relationship with God. And this is your moment. Don't let another day go by. And I want to pray for you in just a second. Let me give you another step. Maybe today, honestly, you don't, you don't quite know your purpose. And I want to encourage you today that your next step would be to go to Growth Track. And actually, we have one more Growth Track for 2019. I gave somebody a high five and she said, man, I'm not going into 2020 not engaged in my church. That's what she said. So listen, you got one more chance, all right? It's actually next Sunday. You can sign up online and, uh, or you can just show up, but you can do that. Third thing is this. Maybe just a real, a real practical thing is in the midst of your challenge, will you just stay faithful? Just trust. Just keep believing. Dig in. Don't give up. And lastly is this would you spread this hope to others? Because the truth is, maybe you're walking through a great season, but I guarantee you there's somebody you know that needs you to preach this sermon to them. And it may not be in the form of literal words and PowerPoints and bulletins, but it'll be with your life. And I want to challenge you today to be a message of hope. This, this community so needs hope. And we really do have the greatest hope alive. And that is Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place? You're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want one. It's as simple as turning from our sin and starting to follow him. And so if you're ready to say, you know what, I want to I follow Jesus. I want to pray for you today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to lift your hand if that's you. You say, Glenn, pray for me. I want to follow Jesus. Today's my day. One on somebody in this room. Two, three, lift that hand if that's you. So I want to know God. I want to follow Jesus. Pray for me, Clint. This is your moment. This is your moment. Maybe you're here with every head bowed, every head bowed and eye closed and you just say, you know what, Glenn, would you pray for me? I got some challenges. Like this spoke to me today. It resonates with me, man. I got some challenges that are beyond me. Would you pray? Would you just lift your hand? I want to know who I'm praying for today. Come on, there's just some challenges. There's some, maybe some physical issues or some emotional issues, some financial stuff. There's some decisions that need to be made. I want you to know you're not alone. God is with you today. There's hope. Come on, young man, you got this. Come on, come on, ma'am, you got this. God's with you. Don't give up. You're in the presence of God. Anything's possible. Let me pray for you today with every head, with, with, with the hands that are lifted. Let me just speak over you today. God, I just speak blessing. God, I pray right now that you would infuse them with your, with your presence. God, you would infuse them with your spirit. God, you'd fill them with faith and hope today that you are with them, that you are active even if they can't see it. Lord, I just speak over their challenges today, the obstacles that are in their way. Lord, we just declare that they would be moved in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak over cancers to be gone in the name of Jesus, over physical issues to be gone in the name of Jesus, relational challenges. Lord, we just pray right now in your presence that you would transform them from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. One last prayer I want to pray today is that you would say, Glenn, would you pray with me? I would like God to use me this week to be a message of hope 
to others. If that's you, would you lift your hand and I want to pray for you as Pastor Nathan comes. You say, pray for me. I want to be, as I walk out these doors, I want to be used by God to be a message of hope to those that are around me. Father, I lift up and I empower every hand that's lifted right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as they go back into their spheres of influence, as they go back into jobs, into relationships, into homes, into communities, into neighborhoods, into Walmarts and Targets, wherever schools, wherever they might be, I pray right now that the Spirit of God to fill them, to empower them, give them boldness, give them compassion today. Use them today, this week, for your glory in Jesus' name. And somebody said, amen, amen.